I have come across the last 13 years, a lot of parents who to a certain extent are in denial. It's hard. Unless you have a connection with the person that's going through this, it's really hard to understand. And people sometimes, they don't want to accept them. What they need to understand is that if you don't accept what's happening to your child or someone that you love, you can't give them the help that this person or child needs. Welcome to Wild Peace, a place where parents of kids who struggle can come together for camaraderie, inspiration, and support. If a child in your life faces learning and attentional challenges, developmental differences, or mental health concerns, this is for you. I'm your host, Kendra Wild. Hey, friends. I'm so excited about this episode. Today's guest is Gladys Richter, an amazing single mom raising a son with nonverbal autism. We talk about what it's like to be single on this path, and we cover things you might be wondering, like, what was it like at the beginning? How do you communicate with your son? How do you make a living and balance that with parenting and advocating? How do you keep going? Gladys gives us an honest and raw peek into her world. I was blown away by her courage and generosity. She could make anyone think outside the rut and find the beauty in this life. So here you go. Meet Gladys Richter. Hey, Gladys. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hi, Kendra. How are you? Fine. And how are you? Good. Thank you. It's great to have you on the show today. I am so excited to have people hear your story because I find it super inspiring. But before we get into your parenting journey, let's go back and talk about yourself. My name is Gladys and I'm original from Puerto Rico. I've been here for the last 30 years and I'm a single mom. My oldest son is 27 and I have my Gabby, which is 15. Gabby's 15. 15. He'll be 16 in April. Oh, wow. When did you move here from Puerto Rico? It was 30 years ago this past July. And you want to tell us about your business? I started my business when I found out that Gabby was diagnosed with autism. I was trying to figure out how to make money being a single mom with two kids and also have the time to provide all the services that he needed at the time. And not only that, but trying to prepare myself for this journey that I was starting and not knowing Mm -hmm. much about autism or what this will be like. Mm -hmm. So I started my business cleaning one house and now we do sometimes about 135 houses a week. Wow. And the great thing about it is that I have a great team. And not only that, I'm able to go according to Gabby's needs at any time. At any given time, I can schedule a service, a speech, OT, a group. And that's the most important thing to me. Yeah, you give all the flexibility you need. Yes. So let's go back and talk about Gabby's story. Can you go back to the beginning and tell us about what it was like when he was a little baby? Gabby was a normal baby. As far as I knew at the beginning, normal delivery. I had a fine pregnancy. Everything went well. And for the first six months, Gabby was happy baby. He would always smile to the camera. He was just a happy baby. Then two weeks before Gabby's second birthday, I went to my sister's school to talk to her for a couple of minutes with Gabby. And one of the teachers approached me and said, your son was here a few weeks ago. And I know this, that when we call him Gabby, he doesn't respond to his name. 
in, I thought it was, you know, Gabby was a baby, you know, mm-hmm. um, still two weeks before his birthday. Then I decide to follow through what this person said to me. And I went and make an appointment and talked to the doctors. The doctor said to me, no, it's all good. Boys sometimes respond a little later, but that stayed within me. Mm-hmm. And then I went, tried to do more research about it. Right before his second birthday, I found out that Gabby was autistic. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, was that like a pediatrician who told you? No, actually, the pediatrician was the one who said, that, you know, not to worry about it. I went to a specialist. It was a psychologist mm-hmm. at the Providence Hospital. She was the one who did the diagnose, did these different like play game type of setting mm-hmm. questions. A lot of paperwork for me to be done, uh, lots of paperwork. And mm-hmm. then yep. they came to the terms. You know, I got a phone call to go back and the diagnosed with autism. Mm. And at the time, do you remember how you felt or what you did with that information? Um, I started to cry. I felt like it was the end of the world. Mm. It was very difficult. Did you know what it even meant? That's the sad part. Yeah. I, I was 33 years old. I had no, literally almost like, I felt like I had no idea what that meant or what that was. In my mind, for a second, I thought it was literally a disease. So I started to do my homework, my research, asking questions. At a certain point, it became very overwhelming. It's a lot of information out there. It can become very, very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. But I just kept searching for resources and asking questions and trying to figure out what that means and how will this affect my son. And one of the most important things to me was that I needed to do whatever was in my power to help my child as much as I could. Mm -hmm. That was the beginning of the journey. Oh, that must have been so hard. But I'm so impressed that when a teacher who didn't even really know Gabby approached you, that you listened. Sometimes I think parents don't, almost don't want to know Absolutely. I have come across the last 13 years, a lot of parents who to a certain extent are in denial. It's hard. Unless you have a connection with the person that's going through this, it's really hard to understand. Yeah. And people sometimes, they don't want to accept. And what they need to understand is that if you don't accept what's happening to your child or someone that you love, you can't give them the help that this person or child needs. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was important. I needed to understand. I needed to come to acceptances. And I needed to be able to do whatever was in my power to help my son. Mm-hmm. So what is your day-to-day like with him? Gabby has become this great young man, very functional. He's going to be 16 in April, as I say, mm-hmm. and he's still nonverbal, so it's very hard. Sometimes he uses sight words, he uses sign language a little bit, mm-hmm. he uses his iPad for communication. You know, we work with all different tools in order to understand his needs and sometimes even his feelings, which is really difficult. But I take it one day at a time. Again, he's come a long way from where he was, and I can only continue to pray and just to stay focused and stay positive and just do whatever I have to in my end, which a lot of times when I talk to friends and people, they ask me, how do you do it? Because I get told a lot that I'm a great advocate for my son, Mm -hmm, and sometimes I feel that it's not enough what I do, but Mm. you just got to keep doing for that person that's going through this. If you're the parent, if you're their friend, if you're the family member who's dealing with someone with something like this, you have to accept it and you have to focus and you have to do whatever. It's in your power to help these people. Mm -hmm. And not everybody's going to understand it. 
But you know what? It's one day at a time and we need to continue to teach people about what's happening with our kids. So how did you put together the support system for Gabby? Going back, I'm just trying to conceive that you started out thinking maybe he had a disease. How did you even begin to put together the support team that he needed to make progress. Again, I started to do a lot of reading and, yeah. and a lot of research about services. I came across a lot of great people that I still work with. And I came across a lot of people, they don't care enough for the job that they do for these children. And I started picking the ones that I really wanted to work with. I literally sometimes will walk away from services that maybe were approved for my child, but I needed to say, no, no, thank you. And just not into another door until the point that I felt comfortable working with certain amount of people at the time of Gabby was close to three years old. Mm-hmm. He started school doing speech, OT. We did groups a couple of times a week. And every day, every time I went to a group, I would talk to different parents. I would talk to different people. I will ask, I will read about it. I will watch any time there was a TV show. They had to do anything with special needs or autism. I'm on. Mm-hmm. I was trying to learn about it. To this day, I not only work with my child every day, like an hour or two, but I try to teach other people because out there, it's a lot of people that they don't understand it because they don't understand. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like they just kind of like point at you like, what do you do wrong? We didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, we didn't do anything wrong. It's the way it is. And I believe in my heart that God gave me Gabby for a reason. That's beautiful. I believe it too. When you started putting that team together, I find it's really powerful when parents can follow their own instinct sometimes. And of course, you do your research and you go to these people who have the appropriate experience. But being able to just say, you know what, this person's not for me is as much of a gift as being able to find the right team in the first place. Don't you think? Absolutely. I came across, like I say, a lot of people and it may be good people and people that were educated enough to do the job. They have the diploma on the wall. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, But I wasn't comfortable because a lot of the services, as I'm sure you know, they're in home services. So they're in my space, in our space. Mm-hmm. I needed to make sure they were doing the right thing for my child and that we were both comfortable. Matter of fact, every time we hire somebody to work with Gabby, I will say, is this a good fit for us? Yeah. Because if it wasn't for me, it wasn't going to work. It right. just literally, that's the way it was. Yeah, because you're a team. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. So when you try to spread the word for other people, how do you do it? I work with the Lean Center, which is an organization that's out of town. And I try to offer, I do a lot of radio shows with them. And I try to talk with my community, which is the Spanish community sometimes. Mm -hmm. My Spanish community can be very, I don't like saying this, but really blind about it. And Mm -hmm. acceptance is an issue when it comes down to things like this. So every time I go to a group and I come across parents, they can understand maybe there's a language barrier or because they're not prepared, like mentally prepared, emotionally prepared mm-hmm. to deal with this. I try to talk to them and just tell everybody that it's not the end of the world. It's hope out there. If you do your part and you work with your child and you do whatever you need to do and follow through, which to me, following through everything that they ask us to do is very, very important. Mm-hmm. I remember, for an example, Gabby was doing ABA. It's a program. He has to follow directions literally like a pet. And I didn't like it at the beginning. It was really difficult to see your child, mm-hmm. you know, do certain things so many times. 
But within time, I started to understanding, and not only that, I started to seeing results. Uh And you have to follow through, and sometimes it breaks your heart as a mom, as a dad, as a parent. But if you don't follow through, it's not going to get better. It's not going to get better. You have to believe it. And as parents, it's very, very hard to understand that our kids are not what the out there world calls them normal. They're different, but that doesn't mean they're any less. So we have to do our share and just work hard with them. And it's a lot of good things happening after you work with your child. You make the time to get the resources. Mm-hmm. What's a good example of a breakthrough that you've had or a really good day that you've had with Gabby that made you realize it was worth all this? Gabby was like seven years old. I remember like right now he was getting in the shower and I said to Gabby, I love you. And he says, I love you. Oh, That was the day that I, I said to myself, you know, he's coming along. Yeah. He's making progress. And he's 15 years old. He's nonverbal, totally. Like he will not have a conversation, uh-huh. but he'll say, I want to eat. I want drink. I love you, mama. And uh-huh. just to see those gains means everything to me. Yeah. And just give me the strength to keep working with him every day more and more. And let's talk about you some more and your strength. What keeps you going every day? What do you do to refuel yourself and stay so optimistic? I pray, I pray, Mm -hmm. and I pray. Pray. And I thank God for everything, even for all those little things and big things that happen to me every day that I don't understand. But I believe with my heart that He has a plan for everything. And even when I don't understand and you don't understand, He has a meaning for everything. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps me going. I look at him, smile in the morning and and during the day, and that's all I need. Yeah, just to appreciate the small things. Mm-hmm. I remember you told me once that you went through a stage where you were just so angry and so resentful and just kind of spiraling down because you just felt sorry for yourself early on. And somebody turned it around. Can you tell that story? Yes. Long time ago, at the very beginning, I was days where I felt guilty. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of parents feel guilty. Yeah. What did I do? Why did this happen? What could I have done? Exactly. And all those questions go through your mind and you literally punish yourself because that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I will cry. I will be upset. I will be mad. All those things. And I feel sorry for me and Gabby. Mm-hmm. And one day we were looking for a new worker and this girl came over and I interviewed her and I liked her. I thought she was a good fit. And we started working together. Her name is Jackie. And one day Jackie said to me, Clarice, until you start feeling sorry for yourself and for Gabby, nothing's going to change. And wow. as much as it hurt me at the time, yeah. she literally shook me up. And I understood that unless I stopped feeling sorry for us, nothing was going to change. And I saw a huge change in our lives from that day on. And I will always be thankful to her. Wow. That was so brave of her to say that too, wasn't it? Absolutely. She, mm-hmm. she didn't know me that long. Mm-hmm. She had no idea how it was going to react. But sometimes when people talk to you, you have to, instead of just take it the wrong way, which it's part of being human, we need to analyze where the words are coming from. And that's what I felt like I did with her words. I knew she cared about Gabby. She was only in my house for maybe six weeks, five, six weeks. But I knew she cared. I saw her, the way she looked at Gabby, the way she worked with Gabby. And instead of just take those words in a negative way, I just took them in a positive way. And and things definitely started turning around. Isn't that amazing? One conversation just made you say, I need to shift my lens. That's right. 
Sometimes that's all we really need. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good friend. And let's talk about being single, being a single mom. How do you do that? Who do you talk to? Who do you bounce your ideas off of? I'm a single mom. I'm a loner, what I call a loner. I don't visit <laughs> anyone. Rarely anybody visits me, but I have a good friend named Marianne. She's been in my life for the last 30 years. We were two young girls when we first came to this country. Oh. We didn't even speak the language. We became friends, and now she means everything to me. She's like literally my other half in a good way. When my mom's not there for me, she's there for me. When oh. my sisters are not there for me, I don't call anybody else. Everybody should have a Mariana in their lives. Uh-huh. She's the one that I call for everything. Good days, bad days. We cry, we laugh, we travel together. We do a lot of things together. She's been my support for this entire journey. And thank God for her. Yeah, thank God for Marianne. And how about what else do you do? It sounds like you can travel now. Gabby is very good traveling. Obviously, Uh we go back home every year. The last few years, we've been going home for over a month, and he enjoys the weather. He loves the ocean. He loves swimming. He's learned to do so many things, which is amazing. When I think back when he first got diagnosed, I never thought Gabby would do half of the things that he do now. I mean, he's a great swimmer. He plays volleyball, basketball. He does a lot of things. So we do go back home for at least a month. During the year, we try to escape here and there. He's very good when he travels. So to me, that's like teaching him about the real world. So when I'm not around, hopefully mm-hmm. he can deal with what's going to be in his way. And just that quality time with him, to me, that's very important. And for me, I love dancing, which I haven't uh-huh. done much this last year. But for a while, dancing was my escape when I yeah. needed to just like blow steam off, like they say. Everybody needs that. <laughs> I, I went dancing and I will get to a place like 9.30 at night and I will dance like one o'clock in the morning nonstop. Really? <laughs> nonstop. <laughs> what kind of dance? It, like Latino, like uh-huh. Spanish music. So we did a lot of salsa, merengue, especially bachata. Oh um, my gosh, how fun. Yeah. It was a way to see other people that I might saw that night and never again. Yeah. So like we just dance. Sometimes I went with friends. Sometimes I went alone and just for you. dance and talk to people. And then I'll come home like, and Gabby get up the next morning and the babysitter <laughs> will leave when I got home and he'll never know I was not there for a few hours. Uh-huh. But it was my escape. It was one point in my life that I really needed to get away some days. Just have something that's for yourself. Mm-hmm. One thing I can tell you is that the journey, it's difficult with the school system, sometimes with the teachers, sometimes with the providers, but you can't give up. Even when you feel frustrated, you need to find something that'll allow you to just read mm-hmm. and recharge in order to go back the next day and deal with the school system, with the services, with the teacher, whatever comes your way. Because if you don't do it for your child, no one else is going to do it. Mm-hmm. I bet you're a good advocate. What do you think makes a good advocate? How do you think you've found I'll call it success in advocating for him at school and with different caregivers. As a parent, you have to be their voice, even if your child talk. Yeah, even if they're verbal. Even Mm -hmm. if they're verbal, you have to be their voice. You can never, ever, ever allow anybody to tell you what your child needs for services. They might say, like they said to me, oh, we're going to give him speech two times a week, 30 minutes. That is not good enough. My child is nonverbal. He needs more than that. And they're going to say, no, we can't do that. And that's when you need to either get a lawyer or you need to prepare yourself like I done. I can't get a lawyer every time I need to fight something for Gabby or get a service for Mm. Gabby. I can't do it. So what I do, it's 
right before my meetings, I go on the internet and I read about all the laws. I just had my IEP meeting last mm, Thursday, mm-hmm. and today I'm finalizing and signing for another year in high school. And I go and I read about the laws, and I have my notes in front of me to make sure I mention to them that I'm aware of what I know. Because they're mm-hmm. not obligated to give you what kids need. They obligate to give you what they think is fair. Mm-hmm. And sometimes fair, it's not good enough for your child depending on the child's needs. So I have learned that, you know, you have to know the law, you have to get yourself prepared, you have to read, you have to ask questions. And even sometimes, which I do to this day, I get support. And by getting support, I mean, like I work with the Lean Center. It's a company who provides services for Gabby. So a lot of the times I invite one of the workers to come along and to just sit mm-hmm. through the meeting and listen. And then after we get together, have a cup of coffee, we go over the notes and maybe a term that I'm not so sure about it, mm-hmm. she'll explain. Yeah, because it can be like a foreign land it, going it, into an IEP mm-hmm. meeting. Mm-hmm. But you have to know your rights and you have to be able to understand in your heart and in your mind that you are this child's voice. And if you're not, then it's a problem. And to me, at the beginning, I keep saying to myself, you know, I'm not going to let them get away with, you know, once you got to pick your bottles and you have to do it in a very nice nice, good way. And that's what I try to do every time. Mm -hmm. To be constructive and not negative. Yeah. And in your teacher relationships too, I bet. It's very important that you have a good relationship with the teacher because your child, it's there with them five days a week, Mm -hmm. six, seven hours. And if you don't, you're not going to feel good about it. And Gabby just started high school. So when he was in middle school, Mm -hmm. it was great. I trust the teacher. I believe in what she was doing. She was always helpful. Now I'm starting to learn about the high school teachers, building a relationship. And it's going to be hard. Trust me. I'm going through that myself right now and been through that a few times. But it's about building that relationship and, and that trust and following through. As a parent, if you don't follow through, a lot of times, I'm sorry to say this, but things won't go the way they should be. You have to follow through. It's very important that you follow through. You have to remember, being a good advocate for your child, it's being their voice and knowing what's happening with them. Mm -hmm. So how has this whole journey shaped who you are today? I'm sure you're changed. I always said uh, God sent me with zero patience and zero tolerance. Zero? (laughs) Zero. Like I wanted everybody to do it now and do it like me. And if I can do it, you can do it. That was the way I always thought it needed to be done. Mm -hmm. And Gabby has teach me that not everybody learns the same way, that you have to be patient. And he teaches me so much every day. My whole life has changed. And believe me, I'm far away from being patient the way I would like to be. Mm -hmm. But I, when I think of where I was years ago and where I am today, if you knew me back then, you'll say, yes, you have changed. Like Marianne says, oh, yes, you have changed. Because huh. I think about before I say what I want to say or do what I want to do or take in consideration other people more than what I did before or even their feelings. And I don't consider myself before being a bad person, but I was never as patient as I am now. Yeah, and understanding that's pretty amazing, isn't it? It's very hard to do, especially, like I say, when you yeah. want things done yesterday. Oh my gosh, our kids are our best teachers. Absolutely. <laughs> they really are. So if you gave one big piece of advice to a parent who's just at the beginning of discovering their child is somehow different, what would you say? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid mm. to accept what's happening in your life. Embrace what's happening in your life. Get the help that you want. Feel free to talk to the ones you love about it. 
People who yeah. really care for me, for you, if you have a child with special needs, they should be open to accept that and be there for you. If they're not, they're not truly your friends. Mm-hmm. And just follow through, do your research, your homework, and continue to pray. At the end of the day, things can go so many ways, but pray. And not just pray with your mind or with your mouth, just pray with your heart. That's beautiful. I remember you told me once about a little prayer routine you have with Gabby every night. Gabby, like I say, he's come such a long way. Every night we pray. Every night we pray are the same prayer. I just came up with this prayer. I don't know where. You made it up. Uh I made it up, literally. like, And it says everything that we want God to hear from us. We thank Him for everything. We ask Him to be with us at all the time. And part of the prayer at the end, we say, we ask you, Lord, to protect us, to guide us, to help us, to make Gabby a better boy, mommy a better mommy, and all of us better people. And to help Gabby Sito learn how to read, how to write, how to type, how to talk by opening his mouth, moving his tongue. And the last thing we say is, within your time. Mm. Because things don't have to be in our time. They have to be in his time. Mm-hmm. And he knows what's best for us. Even when we don't understand it, we have to believe it with our hearts. I've been ending most of my podcast interviews by asking people what quote or mantra they live by. But I have a feeling it might be your prayer. Praying. I pray so many times a day. And when I pray, it's not about asking. I just pray and say, thank you, God, for what just happened. You know best. I don't. Show me what you want me to see in this all day long. Wow. That's so inspiring. People have all different ways of coping and your belief in God has Mm -hmm. really pulled you through this. And Mm -hmm. it's remarkable to see how well Gabby's doing. And he's so lucky to have you. Thank you. Thanks for coming here today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Wild Peace, a podcast created to bolster parents of kids who are struggling with mental health, learning issues, developmental differences, and more. If you'd like to suggest a guest or share your story, we would love to hear from you. Go to wildpeace.org, that's W-I-L-D-P-E-A-C-E dot org, to leave suggestions, see show notes from this episode, and explore more resources. You can also leave a message at 617-433-8582. Since this is a podcast, we especially love hearing your voice. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, please take a minute to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Just scroll down to those five purple stars and click. Your positive reviews will ensure that more parents who could use some wild peace can find us. This show is a production of Wild Peace for Parents, a nonprofit dedicated to helping parents find calm and build resilience. Because child well being starts with parent well being. <laughs>